What does it mean to be creative? When I choose to be a moderator, it's my goal to make the focus on the celebrity and their relationship to the fans. To think outside the box. He said, well, you can't be all things to all people or something to that effect. You can't appeal to everybody. And I said, why the hell not? On your Creativity Podcast, we sit down with artists, filmmakers, comedians, and performers of all genres to ask them eight simple questions on what makes them tick. In high school, I thought I was going to go into acting, and then um, I love my mom, but she was like, you kind of need to get paid. <laughs> and um, so journalism, the pursuit of journalism was a way to act and get paid. And what can we learn from their quest for creativity? It's time for your Creativity Podcast. Happy November, everybody. We took October off. Yes, we did. It was mostly my fault. It was. You went and played in, uh, where yep. did you go? California. <laughs> but where specifically? Disneyland. <laughs> it was awesome. Did you it buy was, mouse ears? I actually, yeah, they're conductor ears. It's like a conductor hat oh, with shit. the ears. Oh, my son got three. He got Oswald, R2-D2, and <laughs> BB-8. Oh, cuteness. And then my wife got these frilly little purple ones. Oh, oh nice. Those are my ears right there on the mannequin. Oh, I love it. There's a gas max for all you guys who can't see what we are seeing. It's a lovely body. What about six foot tall gas mask and so Disney event, ears? Coming to cat. <laughs> I know. I have right? a gas masks. Some of them are. Functioning. I might need one. <laughs> oh gosh, let us not. Oh, the world is going to change. And I also went to Universal Studios. Did the nice. whole. VIP tour, you know, we got to go on the set of Colony. It's a USA show. And um, a prop house and just behind the scenes of the studio. It was just really cool. What was your favorite part of the trip? Probably the Harry Potter stuff. Oh, yeah. I went to Harry Potter World that same week in Florida. In Florida. You and I were on opposite ends of the Wow, you guys were like Harry Pottering it up. Yeah. Wait, okay, but Kat's like, you know, being easy on her. She was fighting <laughs> tornadoes and hurricanes. Oh, uh, that's true. And like, she made Harry Potter worth it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were there during Hurricane Matthew, so, yeah. And it was underwhelming, wasn't it? Was it? <laughs> you know, that's what I've noticed. I really think they just need to make a Harry Potter park. Yeah. Like, not have a part of a park be Harry Potter, but, like, the entire thing be Harry oh, Potter. Oh, I think he meant the hurricane was oh. underwhelming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking about the Harry Potter. The park was cool. The park was fine. <laughs> I mean, I... I never read the books don't judge me don't what? judge me i've only seen one of the movies like don't judge me <laughs> you need to binge watch that i i just had a free pass and so i thought oh sure i'll go so, oh you're not yeah. human until you've harry potter it, it up. was fun though you know what they had whiskey in harry potter land so it made it all just fine in butterbeer um they had you could get butterbeer or whiskey and so and you can mix, mix the whiskey in the um cider they had cider there as well and so oh. it to me, Harry Potter World is where it's at because they don't have booze <laughs> at Disney World. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, you know what? I always love doing, um, uh, my husband and I would do Around the World at Epcot, Epcot mm. and we go to each country and drink, and by yeah, the end, yeah. yes, you are definitely around the world and some. <laughs> what, what have you guys been up to? Um, you go first, Steven. I don't know what I've been up to. Gosh, I don't even remember what I did yesterday, like, let alone... It was my birthday the other day. Yes, it was. Yay! I'm old. Um, Did you do something good for your birthday? Oh my gosh, I slept and relaxed and enjoyed my day. That is the way to adult a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, I've just been in Salt Lake in a play at Salt Lake Acting Company. Which um, one? Winter. We're going to go see that. Too. I know. Wait, you knew that? Yes. Uh, Chris told me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we have season, we're season You're pass. coming on the 10th, We are. I believe. Yeah, we're the season pass holders. Nice. To, to Salt Lake Acting well, Company. Well, it's good because it's pretty much sold out. I think they've barely had one or two tickets left every night, and we still have, like, 12 performances. Oh, perfect. Um, it's, it's about the right to die. Um, it's about an elderly woman who has dementia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
Well, that's not a spoiler. That's the tag to bring you in. You don't, I won't tell you if she does it or not. <laughs> but I play her granddaughter, who she enlists in um, helping her make the decision. Great. So now I'm just going to be bawling the whole time. No, no, no. Oh, that's the best so my thing. My grandma just died this year. Like, <laughs> Oh, no. This is actually the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing is when we were in rehearsals, we knew there were some comedic moments, just because it's a okay, dramedy. Good, good. But when we started performing it, it was really funny. So it's genuine. It's funny. You will Whoa. laugh probably yeah. as much as you cry. Perfect. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> Perfect. Well, excellent. I guess we'll um, get into the questions. See, Dylan's like all organized and for people that aren't seeing them, <laughs> Dylan has like little note cards. I just am lucky to show up and then it's like, so how are you doing? Cool. My <laughs> well, we should introduce our guest so people know who yes. this female voice is that's joining us on the mic. Uh, the one and only Kat Palmer. Hello, hello. A local photographer, activist, etc. So that was the short description. How would you describe yourself? Uh, I need to know real quick. Is this a podcast where you guys curse or you guys keep it family friendly? Fucking swear. Okay, I just need to make sure because like, I'm just not sure. Like, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan will break the, the ice. Um, how would I describe myself? I would describe myself as a mother, a badass, a provocateur, and an activist artist is... Yeah, that's probably if I had to put a title on myself. Damn, that is a tagline. That's the box I put myself in. It's a good box. I like it. I feel like it's more like on the outside of the box. Not much of a box. I busted through that box a few years ago, but yeah, that's, I think if I had to use a title, that'd be it. So, yeah. So photography is kind of like your main deal. What was your journey from, you know, starting with that till till now we can age myself so 21 years ago i picked up a camera so you mean when you were born (laughs) come on play the fun card (laughs) so when i was 15 uh i was living in orange county california and i really wasn't into like extracurricular activities or school um i was i was into alternative things and that was like the one thing at school i got involved with that i really loved now, 21 years ago, we had dark rooms and film and actual cameras that you had to like know how to operate. And um, we didn't have, you know, digital. I mean, we didn't even have cell phones. So, um, so I started by. I had a really good teacher. His name was M. He's since all my teachers are retired now. But um, he would take us to L.A. and let us loose. I'm pretty sure, like legally, they can't do that now. Like. But he would just take these like like privileged you know kids from Orange County, take put them on a bus, and then go to downtown LA and let us loose and be like, be back at the bus at this time, and that's that was it, and so that's how I started. Everyone else was taking pictures of the architecture, and I was finding homeless people, and um, and then I'd spend a lot of time in Mexico, and same thing. I was looking for people that had a more interesting face, maybe people that could tell a story just by looking at them. So. Um, so that's why I started at age 15, and then fast forward to age 17, I was still on the weekends heading to LA, and I became, I don't know if friends is the right word, but there were these homeless punk rock people that I would meet up with and photograph them. And it turns out, they later, they were two of the stars in the Penelope Spheris documentary, Decline of a Western Civilization Part Three. She ended up killing him, they were a couple. It was, it's a whole story. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> that's how I got my start. <laughs> right out of the box. <laughs> and so um, fast forward, I come to Utah in 2001. I had take taken a few years off of really doing anything interesting with my photography. And then it was actually Bob, the owner of Stone Ground in the Garage mm-hmm. on Beck, who said to me, yeah, you could have this wall. Put up whatever you want. And so for eight years, I hung artwork in Stone Ground. And I was able to do whatever I wanted. And so that was kind of my catapult to what do I want to do. And so that's where Learn How to Merge came from um, that hung there for eight years. Yeah, but that's, that's how I got my start. But it wasn't until about 2007 that I stopped taking pretty pictures for the sake of pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's when I really focused more politically and socially. Thank goodness when George Bush was in office, he just gave me a lot to work with. So um, oh, well, there looks like there might be more for you to work with. <laughs> In a couple days. Yes. <laughs> it's true. So politically, it, it fueled a lot of my, my work because I would just get angry. And then I'd just make a lot of artwork. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was a really long answer, but the end. No, no, that, <laughs> that, that works. And that was our show. We will. <laughs> we are at an hour. Wait, I want to I continue on this thing a little bit. Because okay. I think 
I became acquainted to you because mm-hmm. I used to eat at Stone Ground once a week. So you noticed. And so I saw your art. Yeah. But we also own the chocolate shop. Yeah. And one day we had an employee that had this beautiful long curly hair. Allie um, is her name. And oh. all of a sudden, Allie comes in and all of her hair is shaved off. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the hell did you do to your hair? Like, like, like what? What are you doing? And um, she, she was, was part of my project. Shoot. Yeah, do you yeah. want to talk about that? She was my muse, by the way. So Allie was one of the ones that didn't, she didn't shave it for me. She was the only one that already had it shaved. But she would walk past, I, I did the farmer's market one year. That's all it took. And I couldn't get up that early anymore on Saturday. But she would walk past my booth. She had this beautiful shaved head. I mean, she's a, just her features are striking, big eyes, high cheekbones, just a striking woman. And she'd walk past my booth and I'd look at her and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need a, I need a photograph her. I need to do something. And, and I'd, I'd think about her for a week. Like, what could I, what could I do with this? What could I, how could I incorporate her into artwork? Right. And then she'd walk past again and I'd run out of my booth screaming at her. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you. <laughs> and I'm sure I just blew out your <laughs> audio, but, but it was very creepy how we met because seriously, that's how we met. I, I ran out of my booth screaming at her that I'd been thinking about her. She didn't know who I was. And so um, from there, I had 14, 13 other women shave their heads. Um, they did not have cancer. They, I just wanted to show that women could be beautiful, that could be sexy, could be feminine without hair, because I felt like so often men and women put so much of our self-worth into our hair. Mm-hmm. And, and from there, it brought me into working with, with terminal patients. Um, in fact, I'm supposed to be working with somebody this week um, where when they get ready to shave their head, I come and photograph it. And so- But you taught me a lesson. What was that? That beauty isn't just hair or it's things. Not. And, it's and not. so, you know, up until then, I think I was blind mm. and, and I didn't recognize that. So you taught me a huge Aww. lesson way back then. <laughs> And wasn't she beautiful without oh, hair? Oh, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she just has a an aura about her. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But she was my muse. She was my muse, and she's still to me. She's still my muse. So she was the first woman that I looked at and just felt inspired. I wanted to create art, create art around her, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I forgot that she was your employee. Yeah, so, that was a long time ago. Great friends. Uh, no, she's a good. And person. this month marks six years since that shoot. Six years oh, since wow. the shaved head shoot. Yeah, yeah. And if you go Google my name, really bad images of me that the Tribune took will pull up still. They're like the worst <laughs> images of me ever. You're like, I'm a photographer. Let me take my own I know pictures. It look, I know it looks like I'm pregnant in these photos, but I'm not. It was before <laughs> selfies were a thing. <laughs> it was. They're so bad. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. That seemed to be like a trend to start you on like a lot of more political issues and more political yeah. things. Yeah, basically from 2007, wait, what, what, that was that was 2010, yeah. Yeah, so 2007, I really started diving into it, but 2010 is when I think more of the media was taking note of what I was doing. I didn't think anyone would show up to that shoot. I thought, yeah, sure, Slug will cover this, maybe City Weekly, but I mean, no mainstream media is gonna cover this because nobody has cancer. Right. So why would they want to come and be like some woman had a bunch of ladies shave their heads? (laughs) Right. Like I'm like, it's pretty out of the box. But every news outlet covered it. And I was surprised, really surprised. Um, But the best thing I think that came from that was I got a letter from a 16 year old girl, maybe a week after the exhibit opened. It was in the Tribune. She said that day she was coming to get the, the comics. She read the comics every day and she had just shaved her head a week prior. And she said everyone was giving her hassle that they, they were saying, if you ever want a boyfriend, you need to grow your hair out. You look so much prettier with hair. If you really want to look like a girl, you need to have hair. And they just all week, that's all she was hearing all week long. And she just was feeling really down about it. And then she grabbed the comics and she saw the image, the really bad image, if you Google my name. She saw the image and she said, whoa, what's this? There's all these ladies with shaved heads. And so she grabs it and she reads it. And she said, for the first time since I shaved my head, I feel beautiful. And she's like, I don't need these people's approval. <laughs> and that, out of everything that came from it, that, that, like, that is why it was worth it. Because she felt good about herself just knowing that you don't need to have hair. So says the lady with lots of hair now, but for the record, I've shaved my head four times, so. <laughs> and there is, you know what, there's nothing wrong with having hair either. No, like, you know, it, it's owning what you are because mm-hmm. that's what you want and not, not because of an outside force, which yeah. is beautiful. It is beautiful. A lot of the terminal patients I work with, they tell me, I'm honestly more scared about losing my hair 
mm-hmm. the cancer. And I hear that over and over again. And, and that hurts my heart, <laughs> you know, because these women are so beautiful without hair. So, so speaking of that, like, do you, I mean, you talked about, you know, we, we talked, joked around about the election and all that kind of stuff right now. Do a lot of your political ideas happen because of current events or because of Sometimes. what's internally moving you? Uh, both. Um, there's been a lot of shit I've dealt with uh, growing up and as an adult and it came out of some bad situations that fueled some of it. But also when my grandmother was alive, she would complain a lot and I thought, oh my God, like if I hit 70 and I still don't love myself, like you think it's like a teenage problem? No, like women, men of all ages struggle to love themselves. And I started, it really started opening my eyes that my grandmother was struggling so much to feel good about herself and who she was that that sparked the, the Love Yourself series I did with, I think there was 38, 39 women. Um, so sometimes it's just things I'm hearing. Sometimes it's just internal things. Um, sometimes it's subconscious. I don't know when I'm working through things through my art. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a variety of things. And sometimes I'm just mad when I just want to make art. So sometimes it is just political. <laughs> so, yeah. Why do you love yourself? Ooh, good question. Oh. <laughs> okay, we have to go around and all answer this, so just be prepared for that. So I'm going to ask oh each one of you dun, dun, to dun. something. Um, I, I think... I have a lot of reasons, but if I have to narrow it down to one thing, I'm unapologetically myself. Mm. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you don't like me. Like, I'm not doing this so I make friends. So I feel like that's probably one of my favorite things about myself. But how about you, Steven? (laughs) Step up to the plate. (laughs) Batters up. I love what I have created. Um, I love our chocolate shop. We're more than just a chocolate shop. But as long as I remember... um, I've always given chocolates as gifts and just as little thank yous and just as little things. But we created a, a place for the community to come watch outdoor movies. Mm, yeah. And nobody cares who you are, um, but it's just a place to kind of forget every all your problems. That's why. I love that. And I just want to add to that. Steven, two years ago, made my son's little dream come true. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wanted to be Willy Wonka for his birthday. And so he dressed up as Willy Wonka and had his birthday party at oh. Hatch's Chocolate. Yes, yes, that's the and way to do it. And he was so happy. I mean, he was just so happy. So He was kind of floating off of the ground. Yeah, he day. was just like, is this really happening? <laughs> and all the, his little friends made chocolate and candies and took it home with them. And it just, it was magical. It was magical. It, it really was. was. Cool it was a really cool day. So. And I love that I get to do that over and over and over again. Yeah. And it, it's a cool job. Mm-hmm. I love it. What do you love about yourself, Dylan? Oh, the list is so long. <laughs> Good. No, don't apologize to that. That's beautiful. I, I was kidding. I just... Can you go no, ahead? No. You can't no. get out of this. You've got to like... You even it's it therapeutic. It's this is Dylan Raw. Um, just that I've... I, I used to be so quiet and mousy and just a wallflower. Just coming out of that, 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 that's what I've loved about myself. And I've met some incredible people, you know, not just through this podcast, but through, you know, my own business and stuff like that. Just letting myself let those people in. That's beautiful. When you get outside of your comfort zone, it's amazing what can happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so exactly, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Mine would be my uh, no filter extreme curiosity for people and life. And it just factors into everything I do. Um, I think that's why I pursued journalism. And then that's why I pursued film and acting. And I have crazy wanderlust. And it's just Mm. every moment I wake up, I'm just curious about what's next and who's next and who's out there. And um, yeah. That's one of my favorite words, wanderlust. Wanderlust. It's such a good word. It's so good. It was funny. I was thinking about this because you were talking about chocolate. And like one of my favorite movies is Chocolat. And the concept is, you know, wherever the wind blows, I will follow. And that's kind of always Mm. been my motto. It's like, okay, the next village, the next people, the next job, the next whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. Love it. That's good. Good question. That was your question. No, I think he asked me, and then I turned it around. Oh, that's true. That's right. We got interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) I didn't have a list, by the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, for you listeners out here, we have Dylan with um, cards and Steven with a glass of water. <laughs> I, I need to structure myself. You know, I... I'm I not, like structure. I totally get it. I'm not good willy-nilly. Otherwise, I'd be like, uh, hi, guys. <laughs> You'd know, be okay with that. Yeah, so I obviously have loved your work for a long time. Um, and you've done a zillions of different scenes and different setups. What would be your favorite? Oh, like, what's your favorite photo shoot and why? <sighs> See, that's so hard because I've loved so many of them for different reasons but and i'm just gonna add we need to tag her website yeah. when we post oh, this definitely. at some point so that they can see your pictures see this is so hard because i mean god just give it even a couple okay can i do a couple okay i'm gonna start with what i made into my logo so um this was a four-year-old boy uh part, he's part albanian and this Piece, this was the very first political shoot I ever did in 2006, and so 10 years ago. He now towers over me, by the way. He's huge now. But um, in fact, I spent time with him in Florida while I was there. Um, so he, he was the first political shoot I did, and this was titled Peace to the Middle East, Peace to Islam. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, doesn't raise an eyebrow at all. And so this I, I ended up making into my logo. And I think it will forever. I mean, the intensity in the eyes, the fact that he's part Albanian, um, just, it was the first thing that I really took on and I thought I'd get shunned for it and I, I wasn't, you know, because we were in Utah and I wasn't sure how it was going to be received um, <laughs> to be doing a piece to the Middle East um, series in the middle of a war. So um, that was probably the one of them. The other one is probably a more recent one and that is my Rainbow Jesus shoot of um, stop doing hateful shit in Jesus's name. Um, because I feel like so many Christians try to stand behind the Bible. And let's just, for argument's sake, let's just say Jesus is real, okay? Um, he, he was a peaceful man, and he certainly wasn't bashing on homosexuals. So, um, so that was one I did, and I released it on Marriage Equality Day. That happened June 25th, a couple years ago. Or no, a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, so that was probably another fun one of mine where everyone was dressed in rainbow. And this... Where did you take the picture? Salt, salt flats. Yeah, and it was very accidental. It was... That was not the intention of that shoot, but I think it turned out the way it was supposed to turn out. And so... Um, and then that same guy that played Jesus for that shoot, he did The Last Supper. So he's also... He's also that guy there. Um, so I'd say this is also a favorite of mine, even though it's... I mean, people could say it's political, it's fine, but you have to realize I don't do things on purpose to be offensive. If people get offended by my work, that's their problem, not mine. Um, but I took the 12 badasses of Salt Lake City and put them at a table with Jesus so to recreate the Last Supper. There's one badass missing from there. Uh, there's a few badasses <laughs> missing from there. It's true. There are a few that I w I'm like, oh, but, I, but for the record, this is the first one I'm doing, and I'm going to be doing several more. <laughs> so, Excellent. Because there are more people I want at that table, but when you only have 12 people plus Jesus, like, you have to limit. So, yeah, there will be more. But yeah, um, so I'd, I'd say those are maybe maybe those three. But I don't know each one. Like the the women at the salt flats dancing for me. That was that healed me from postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. So that one after I had Lucas, I felt really shitty about myself. And so having women write into me what they loved about themselves helped heal part of my soul at that time. That was I think in two thousand nine. I think that was in two thousand nine. I lose track of time. So I don't know. I have I mean different shoots mean different things to me, but. Yeah, they all have a part of my soul in them, you know. And then, of course, the keep the politicians out of the vagina. I mean, I've done part one and part two. You know, thanks, Herbert, for, for trying to pull our funding from Planned Parenthood, asshole. So, um, yeah, so I, yeah, so I think also those. Those are rowdy. This time I included men, so a bunch of men and women got naked for me. And I wrote all over their bodies and called it a day. So, I don't know. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> no, I love... I love the contrast at the the soft flats, oh. and you do a, a ton of pictures there. But mm -hmm. it just it makes for such a cool scene. It's pretty. Uh, it's cool, it's and, but you capture it. Like I Thanks. love the clouds, and usually it's Thanks. like perfect, like blue sky, and then you set up the clouds that are just contrasting. Thank you. Along with the salt, and especially Thanks. the rainbow Jesus, it was actually really pretty. <laughs> Thank it's, you. I think it's pretty out there too. Like if if you have you guys ever walked mm. out there? Have you walked out there? You need to just walk drove. out there. No, yeah. Just so the only different. way I'm going to see it is uh -huh. from your picture. Okay. So keep taking like, the pictures Deal. of those off flats. Because it's magical when you're out there. It's just unlike 
it's just unlike anything else. Like it's it's you're it feels like you're on Tatooine or something, you know. Mm. So, <laughs> yes. for all you nerds out there, <laughs> I'm gonna ask a uh, slightly controversial question. Ooh, yay! yay. So, so um, I mean, your stuff has definitely made it beyond Utah for sure. But would you do you think your work would be as impactful or make as much of an impact if you were say on the East Coast or the West Coast, or nope. do you think location? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so this is coming from the LA area. It's it's very. Um, that's not to say that eventually I'm gonna go make a splash over there because that's my next plan, my next goal. Um, no, I think. I mean, think about it. The, the, I don't know that there's any other artist in this city that is doing this controversial of work. Um, Sandy Parsons was touched upon it a little bit. Um, he passed away this last year, but. Everyone else is kind of playing it safe. And sorry, guys, I love you. I love your work. I, my house is full of your work. You look around, there is local artists everywhere you look. But they're playing it safe in a lot of ways. And, um, but, but they're doing what feels right to them, right? That they're following their heart. They're doing what feels right to them. And I don't know that this platform, I feel like I was blessed with this platform. And I don't want to fuck it up, basically. Like, I, I, I want, okay, great, people are listening to me, well then what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with people listening to me? Okay, let's tackle topics that people don't like talking about. And so, um, no, I would be lost in New York or LA. Nobody would care. There's not a whole lot of repression happening in New York or LA, right? Like, it, no. So it absolutely has to do with location, and it, yes, absolutely. Like, um, the next series I wanna tackle, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to show it in this state. Um, I really think I'm gonna have to go out of state for it because I know how galleries operate here. I know how the funding works. I don't know that I can show it in this state unless I do it a private showing and not at a proper location. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I think it's because there are a lot of people like me that come from a repressed background. And so, and it speaks to them on some level. I think I'd be lost in the sea of people in New York or LA. So yeah, absolutely. Now, a little earlier, you talked about um, that girl that worked at Steve's shop as a muse. Do you have any other muses or inspirations, inspirational people? Sorry, the, the silence is probably not good, huh? Besides me. Besides, besides Stephen Hatch. <laughs> um, I think I pull my inspiration. It, I mean, a lot of it, like that, that, that women's shoot that I included women from age 13 to 78 was because of my grandmother. It was because of the things I was hearing her say about herself. So I think for every shoot, it's different, right? For every shoot, it's different. And the guy that played Jesus in the rainbow shoot, I mean, he never thought he could get married and have a family. Um, oh, by the way, he's gay Jesus. But um, so like, he never thought he could get married and have a family. And so that ruling changed everything for him. He thought, oh, my gosh, maybe I do want to settle down. Oh, my gosh, maybe I do want a kid. And so I feel like... It depends on it depends on the shoot. I mean, I see things and feel things and from different people. Um, but I'd also say just following my heart, and it goes back to what I love most about myself. I don't care if people like it or not. I'm not doing it for other people. So you can like it, you can hate it. I don't care. So, um, but I, I, but I don't know. I think it changes depending on the shoot. This next shoot is completely about myself and the journey I went through in leaving the LDS church. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, stick all over your microphone but um so I think it just depends but Allie was my definite like I can define her she was my muse you know um for that year she I pulled inspiration from her so but anyone else in particular that's just hard to say it just kind of varies, from, just varies project. from project to project yeah yeah I have a question is there I mean I, I have a feeling the answer would be no but um is there anything that you wouldn't do like you yeah. wouldn't there is oh yeah okay anything that's non-consensual anything that's including child and sexuality with children um anything that's racist um so yeah there are things no that, i guess i mean, I mean <laughs> yes obviously that i would not do no no i mean like um you mean topics i care about yeah no in fact this next one is going to be it's one that nobody would touch with a 10-foot pole mm. because they would worry about being shunned or being okay. blacklisted and so um yeah, no. As far as things that are ethical, right. no. <laughs> legal, no. Like, as long as it's legal, as long as it's ethical, no. 
Um, well, it seems like you put a lot of yourself out there and you're a lot of your th- thoughts, your hearts, your emotion. Is there anything personal that you're like, you know what, I'm just going to sh- keep that for myself? Because I yeah. mean, as artists, we yes. share. Yes. Okay. There are a few things that I have kept private. Do you want to share now? Um, it's mainly to protect other people. Sure. It's usually when I'm keeping it private, it's because there was somebody else involved with that situation. Mm-hmm. So I get involved in those things like domestic violence very heavily, but I'm not going to pull other people into sure. it. And I'm not going to, people have interviewed me about that and it's like, mm, that's off limits. Like I'm not talking about that. Recently in an interview, I opened up about my relationship with my mother and how that looked. And that was really hard because I had protected her for so long. Um, and I had to call her and say, hey, this interview is going to hit at some point. And just so you know, I was really honest about things. And I love you. <laughs> and so um, so there have been things it's taken me a while to talk about. Um, I think I'm barely just ready to start talking about my sexual assaults in the past and um, the abuse I endured as a child. I'm barely getting to that point where it's like, okay, I think I can talk about this now. Like instead of just throwing it all into my art and just having people interpret what they want to interpret with it. So, um, but yeah, there's things I'm slow to talk about. It takes a while, you know? Um, but I, I do know that the more I talk about things, the more it also helps heal other people. Mm-hmm. I, when I, when I broke through with my rape story, um, and there are some sexual start stories I have not told because I, again, I am protecting somebody. And so, um, in that moment, I had an outpouring of men and women reaching out to me saying, this is my story. They weren't all comfortable putting it on my Facebook wall. And it's sad because Facebook shut me down. So those stories are gone <laughs> as far as being public. But I mean, talking hundreds of people reached out and said, this is my story. And the people that didn't feel comfortable saying it publicly, they reached out to me privately and said, this is my story. And so um, that number they give you, one in three, is bullshit. It's not, it's not inaccurate assumption. I mean, think about how many women you guys know and how many of those women have told you they've been assaulted. So, and those are just the women that are comfortable with it. A lot of people that came forward have said, I have told nobody about this. And so anyway, yeah. So there's, there's some things I'm a little slow to telling. (laughs) So yeah, but, but ultimately no, nothing's off the table. Um, yeah, I feel like, um, I haven't dove into my suicidal past yet. So maybe I'll do that someday. Maybe I'll start opening up about that more in the future, but you know, time and place, I guess. Like it's, it just hasn't presented itself yet. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> mm. Let somebody bring the light back to this conversation. It got Fun so dark. Stuff. <laughs> What's the craziest shoot you've ever done? There you go. There you Funnest, go. craziest, silliest, extremist, whatever. Oh it usually involves vaginas. Um, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a good vagina. It's a vulva. But, um, so, <laughs> um, God, craziest. I guess it would depend on, who, like, who you were asking. But I think having a room full of a whole bunch of men and women naked that I've, you know, we've written all over their bodies, and now they're all in a room together naked, and we're taking their photograph, that was pretty crazy. Um... I guess having 14 women shave their heads is also pretty crazy. I don't know. I, I guess it just depends on your term of which one's weirder. Um, <laughs> which one made you laugh and smile the hardest? <laughs> oh, the naked people, definitely. <laughs> yeah, the naked people, especially the one guy. Oh, my God, he was naked in, in front of me, and I'm taking his photograph. And then he mentions later, like, because the people in the room, because the people would come in and be photographed, and then they'd get dressed, and they'd go sit back in the lobby waiting for the end, because they're not just going to wait for hours naked, right? Mm. So they put their clothes back on. They go sit back in the lobby, and they're waiting. And somebody says to him, so how do you know Kat, right? Because people say that all the time. How do you know Kat? And he's like, oh, we matched on Tinder, and we used to talk for a few months. And I was like, oh, my God. I I just turned, like, 50 shades of red because I had not remembered that. I didn't know that's how he knew me. And I was like, oh, cool, and now you're getting naked for me. This is not awkward at all. And so that was a little weird. I've also... um, Try his profile picture. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, I don't know his... I don't remember his name, so he's going to probably be listening to this being, like, asshole. But, um... Probably also photographing my former beehives naked. Mm. Yeah. They're adults now, for the record. They're in their 20s, because I'm old. But I used to teach them at church. And now they pay me money to take pictures of them naked. Lovely. So that's not weird at all, (laughs) right? (laughs) (laughs) But um, she's one of my favorite human beings in the world. And I'm not going to say her name, but she's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's my answer. 
There we go. We lightened it up a bit. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> We're out of the rabbit hole. And I, I didn't ask you about this before we started. I should have. You recently got engaged. Did oh, you yeah. want to speak asked, about that at all? I asked partner to marry me. Yeah. Um, should we get him over here? Hey, you want to come share a mic with me? We're, we're actually recording this in our home. So we have a home. We're not going to say the location, but we have a home together. And it's in California. Yeah, we have a home together in California. That's where we are right now. Is my lipstick everywhere? I feel like I've been hitting this thing nonstop. So this is Chris Forbes. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I surprised him with a surprise engagement. So It was surprising. <laughs> Did he say that already? Yeah, it took him like a day to like say words. <laughs> is it is it something you're wel- welcome to share? Oh yeah, go for it. Share what? The uh, story. The story. the story of how it went down, all went down. So Kat had the mayor's assistant email me and say, hey, we're working on a project we want to pull you in on. We want you to meet with the mayor. And so they set up an appointment for me to meet with the mayor. And when I arrived at the mayor's office, there was um, all, all of our friends were there, and Kat was there with a photographer and a um, musician. A musician who had um, written a, our song because we didn't have a song yet. And he had written our song for us, and so she asked me to marry her, and uh, the musician played the song, and. Yeah, it was. And the mayor gave a toast with champagne. It was great. Yeah, Brian Bingham is the musician, and he did. He wrote our song in just a couple weeks. I'd given him a month, but in a couple weeks, he had inspiration and wrote this beautiful song. And so, yeah, so he was there. Everyone took the afternoon off and came and surprised Chris. And then a lot of a lot of my followers and friends um, made signs for us. So everyone was holding signs so come to find out that Kat had been talking about it on Facebook for a month but she had set her privacy settings on Facebook so that I couldn't see it and so she had been talking about it openly on Facebook and I had no idea I was so nervous I was so nervous that he had figured it out because I mean it'd been a month and they were like I felt like I was having an affair because I was having to like I was every time I was at my computer I was having to like close down things and like always be like oh he's using the bathroom I can message people really fast because we're kind of always together because we both work for ourselves and so I was having to be so sneaky and just making sure nothing was left up and that he wasn't figuring it out and so yeah and the day before I had one of his best friends Adam message him and say, hey, Kat's really hoping that when you guys are in Paris for her birthday that you're going to propose to her, by the way. He's like, I think she's been dropping hints. And so I just wanted to, like, throw him off because I'm like, if he has figured this out, I need him to not think that's what's happening tomorrow. And so, because I did it on our dating anniversary. Mm -hmm. He had met the mayor a year ago that day. And so I was like, what are the odds that the mayor's calling him in on our anniversary? Like, I was like, he's going to figure this out. So, but you didn't. I'm dumb, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he said yes. Thank goodness, because that would have been so embarrassing. Because we've live awkward. We, yeah, we Facebook live stream this. I was like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I was, I was like, oh God, I hope he says yes. I'm like, is this what guys feel like? Like when they propose, like it's so nerve wracking. It, it's nerve wracking. It is so nerve wracking. And then I didn't want to be too cheesy. And then just yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for the next day and a half, I was like, is this what girls feel like when they get proposed to? Like, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming. I don't know how to... (laughs) We are not into big gender roles in this house. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well played, Kat. Well played. Yeah, thanks. And for anybody that wants to watch, I mean, you can go to my Facebook. It's public, and you can see the engagement. Chris, you should uh, see if her secret settings are off now. (laughs) Right. Right. Wait, where's the video? Perfect. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but it just means that I have to step it up when I propose to her. Aww. <laughs> he keeps saying that. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm like, we're already getting married. <laughs> I hope you say yes. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for reals, we're going to Amsterdam in Hell yeah. January. Nice. Our birthdays are two days apart, and so nice. um, it's only a three-hour train ride to Paris, so we're like, let's do that for my birthday. Why not? It's 37 Perfect. euros. So why not? 
Yeah. Hop on a training, uh, go hang out in Paris. That's awesome. Yeah, the transportation system in Europe is... Brilliant. So, so good. Yeah, Utah, take note. Stop charging more to take public transportation than it is to drive your own fucking car. Take Amen. note. Amen. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's brilliant. Over there. <laughs> I'm so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're getting married. <laughs> Yay, Europe. Yay. Yeah, so that's where we're at. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I... I think we covered everything that I wanted. I wanted to. Did you guys have any more questions for? Her? Um. Well, since Chris is over here, I'd love to hear like what your partner thinks of you and your work and your art and his. Aww. Like, I don't know. It's fun to hear from like the person who's like closest to you. Yeah, and he is the person close person closest to me for sure. Besides your little boy, but. Well, no, my my boys they only know so much, right? They just see mom. Gotcha. That's true. Yeah, they don't they don't know some of the big stuff so <laughs> uh, yeah it was actually one of the things that attracted to me to Kat first was that she's so passionate and so powerful in the things that she does and she she really does that in her entire life um, you know she lives her life passionately and and uh, everything that she does so and you know when I when I met her a year ago you know I just had no idea um, what a powerful person she was and still is, and uh, you know the things that she's overcome and gone through just make <laughs> me. Cat's uh, <laughs> over here crying Love in the corner. <laughs> Love her even more. <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> and he's standing two inches from her face, so it makes it even better. <laughs> she's blushing. We may have lost Cat for the rest of the interview. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. This is fun. How to make Kat Palmer speechless. Have Give me Chris pointers. Shoot. I need to date people. Just give me all the advice. She really, she, yeah, she really doesn't enjoy this at all. <laughs> We're done. Good job. No. no. Okay. Yeah, but it's definitely a unique experience. You know, I've never, I've never been with a partner that, um, um, you know, we are, we mesh so well. You know, our, our lives together, our work lives together, our personal lives together, you know, they mesh so well. Yeah. And uh, it's really amazing. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, the things that she's passionate about are things that I'm passionate about as well. You know, I mean, I just started on the board at uh, UCASA for um, Utah the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault. And, um, you know, really helping to raise awareness for that issue in the in in Utah is uh, really important yeah. it's really important I think it's one of the things in Utah that that separates us from the rest of the nation is the amount of sexual violence that that happens here yeah. and uh, you know the things that that people don't even think about you know the the human trafficking that happens in Utah that happens underneath the radar that nobody even thinks about is uh, is actually uh, it's pretty horrifying. So. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I think I'm back to regular color now. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a small record, hint of pink. For the record, she's back to regular color. What? Because I wasn't talking about her for the last little part. So she, yeah, <laughs> breathe. Breathe. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, oh. I, I get this awkward too when like a fan comes up to me and says nice things. I just freak out. <laughs> like, oh my god, I finally got to touch you. Oh, stop. She was really sweet. She was really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> really awkward. No, it was great. I I loved the I loved the awkwardness of it. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, he froze. He was like, oh, what's happening? Here? <laughs> because you haven't been with me a lot of those times. Usually it's Rob that experiences those things. But yeah, but she, I thought I thought she was great. She's she's super badass actually. So, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> he's the cutest. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> no, but he's right. I mean, we mesh well together, and our parenting style. Because that's huge, and that's what I also learned when you're dating. Like, your parenting style needs to match. If you are single parents, like, it doesn't work otherwise. And we're a little different, because I'm a little bit more high strung, and you're a little bit more laid back. But it, it still works. I so. A little bit. <laughs> I'm way more high-strung, but... Balance. Yes. <laughs> he does bring a calmness to the situation that is much needed. So, yeah. I couldn't be with somebody like me, honestly. Like, I would want to kill them. Yeah, like, bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I sometimes drive myself crazy, so... Yeah. Yeah. 
Aww. Aww. We're just speechless, just, just <laughs> watching them like. So much cute going on. Yes. Yeah. So, do you guys have any other questions? Uh, what? It, it, just kind of closing out. I know you talked about how it's hard being in the in a state like we are, but at the same time, I actually look at it as you're a huge example to mm. a ton of people, um, and so both like artistically, even as an activist, what advice do you have for other girls or other men, anybody, sure, anybody. that are growing up that maybe want to do what you are doing? Oh, I love what that. What would you advise to them? Um, a, cu- a couple of things. Um, the biggest thing is letting go of other people's expectations and the acceptance of other people, whether it be your parents, your grandparents, like any family members, any peers, because all along the way, I heard negativity. And if I had given in to that negativity, I wouldn't keep doing this. I mean, you know, God bless my grandparents, but um, when they were alive, they would say things to me like, why can't you just take normal pictures of normal people? Like, why can't you just do that? Why do you have to do this? And so, um, and you have to realize at the time I was very LDS when I started with all of these when I was shooting those shaved head women, I was teaching young women's on the weekends and going to girls camp. And I was very Mormon. I was just a weird Mormon, but I was very Mormon. And so um, I had to ignore all of that negativity. And it's big because if it feels right to you, follow that. We are all born with that inner that inner voice, right? Like we all have that and you need to follow that even when it's unpopular, even when people don't like you. I mean, as long for me, as long as you're not trying to go out there and just be blatantly mean, bullying, offensive, as long as you're staying legal and ethical, who gives a fuck? (laughs) So, um, follow that passion. I mean, and there's so much more to that. I'm about manifesting the things that you want in your world. But the main thing is, it sounds so cheesy, follow your heart. But I mean, I guess essentially that's what I'm saying is like, follow your heart, but give no fucks along the way. Mm -hmm. And just realize, no matter what age you are, there are going to be bullies out there. It does not matter how old you are. I'm currently being bullied by a bunch of conservative parents. And so it does not matter how old you are, it happens. And you have, and this is what I teach my children, I've taught that to them for years, that there are assholes everywhere in life. Everywhere. It does not matter if you're five years old or 55 years old. There are assholes everywhere. And there are going to be people that try to bring you down because they're threatened by who you are. Um, I have one son that's incredibly unique, and I worried about him getting bullied in school. And so in kindergarten, I took him out to lunch and was just like, look, you're special. Like, don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise, because he's just this magical little human. I'm pretty sure he has a 67-year-old gay man living inside of him, but I don't say that to him. But, I mean, he's just different. You know what I mean? He's so different. And so you have to just realize there's going to be people that hate you, that hate what you're doing, that don't love what you're doing, that are going to try to say, oh, go do something else. You know, your time is better spent elsewhere. Um, With anything you need to master, it's going to take how many hours? Is it 10,000 hours? I can't remember what it is. The book I'm trying to remember, Jimmy Toro talks about it all the time. It takes a certain amount of time before you can master that thing. So just because you're not super great at it right now doesn't mean you're not going to be super great at it. So anyway, yeah. So give no fucks. Take no prisoners. Do what you love. <laughs> yeah. And, and vote next week. Oh, my God. Vote. And vote, vote, vote. I already vote. sent in my application. Like, I mean, Me not too. application, my ballot. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, please vote. Um, it, it's sad because I really need a different governor in the state, and I know it's hard, but I really do so badly. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, last night, go Cubbies. Yeah. How World amazing Series. was that? That was you know, fun. I saw a couple posts. Richard Dutcher posted about it today. I saw about this. I Cubs. think what I loved most was waking up this morning, not to necessarily the people who were out at the bar um, enjoying the game, but all the older fans, the grandparents. There were so many beautiful reactions for these like older people who have been Aww. following the Cubs for so long, being so excited. And I saw this one post where this older man was like, we did it, it happened. And he's in his like chair and he can barely Aww. get up. And I've never seen so much joy on um, like a 75 year old man's face. It was yeah. so cute. Well, 1908, you know, yeah, was that's the last a long time that they won. Was I don't know if anybody was watching. Um, I was following Neil deGrasse Tyson's um, Twitter feed and it was like, he just kept posting <laughs> all these things that haven't happened or happened since. And I think one of them was like, um, 
what was it? The Ford's um, factory line was discovered five years after the last time the cups. Wow. And then one was like World War One hadn't even happened yet. And wow. it was just like, holy crap, this was a long time it ago. It really was. Airplanes. 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 Eight years ago, right? Yeah. Like, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. I have to I have to imagine, like, my grandmother was a huge baseball fan. Mm. I mean, hardcore. She was an Angels fan, but hardcore. So I have to imagine, you know. Wherever she may be, like she's up there cheering, like yeah, Cubs. Seriously. So yeah, good game. Yeah, and I'm not a big sports guy, but I was just keep, keeping an eye on the score. And then when it was tied at the end of the ninth, yeah, and then the rain delay, yeah, it's just like, when is this gonna end? Made for TV movie yeah. suspense. Oh, that is exciting. Um, so my friend uh, named his. He's a huge Cubs fan, and because of something we had a bet, he named his cat Palmer. So because of it, so nice. His his cat is now named Palmer because of the whole Cubs thing. So beautiful. Yeah. We <laughs> should make more bets like that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Please name your cat Palmer. We're gonna Palmer <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, Kat, you need to give all your information if people don't yeah, really have su- it. Yeah, I'm super easy to find. I'm also available. Like, if I haven't completely offended you and you're you're wanting to like take me out now, but um. I uh, I'm available for hire for families, weddings. Uh, portraiture work, anything like that. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll shoot regular stuff, too. It's not all weird. Like, I do totally normal stuff. But uh, my website is just my name. It's just catpalmer.com. My email is just cat at catpalmer.com. I mean, it's all pretty easy. It's, my name's spelled with a C. It's just like a kitty cat. Mm. And uh, I'm easy to find on Facebook. Um, and I'm on Twitter. I only post 20 things to Twitter. I think they're funny. They might be a little irreverent or gross, but I think they're funny. <laughs> so I, I'm just, I think I'm just Cat Palmer on Twitter and a Cat Palmer photography on Instagram. So and I try to post different things on Instagram than I do Facebook. So, it, so it's important to follow me on everything. So Take yeah, or don't, everything. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> you can go block me right now. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find. So yeah. Cat well, for me. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Like, okay. honestly, like, <laughs> I love you. And I tell you that all the time. You're amazing. I love but them too. <laughs> the world needs more people just like you Thanks. because you do make a difference. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. It's hard this week, right? Like, I mean, later on, it will all come to pass what's been going on this week. But um, yeah, this week is particularly hard in my life with uh, making a difference and having a voice. So, yeah. So, thank you. Don't quit. Thank you. I went into that. Yeah. Unless you're a smoker. Just kidding. And then, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you might be better if you quit, but do whatever you want. Well, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> thank well, you, Kat. Yeah, thank you for you. letting us into your home, into yeah, your head, you. into your... Thanks for coming in, guys. Mm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks, Andrew. Until next time. Bye-bye. Peace out. Adios. Mic drop.